Leadership File on Premier. This is the Leadership File, bringing you conversations with leaders and experts on leadership themes. I'm Andy Peck, your host, and whether you're listening live or via the podcast, it's great to have you along. If you look at trends in local church appointments in recent years, you would notice two things. First, that the youth worker role is either being expanded to include children too, and sometimes abandoned in favour of a children's worker. And secondly, the rise in what are sometimes termed families ministers, as some local churches look to focus their efforts on building the family unit, whatever this may look like. An organisation that's very much at the forefront of valuing families is Kids Matter, a charity that's been going four years and looks to help local churches reach out to the parents living in the more deprived communities. And I'm delighted to be joined by the co-founder and director, Dr Ellie Gardner. So welcome to Leadership File, Ellie. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Super to have you along. So your journey to being interested in this area first? Well, I think I was one of those strange people who knew what she wanted to do from a very young age. I remember being 14 and being at a careers fair at school and listening to a psychologist and thinking, yeah, that sounds like what I do anyway in the playground with my friends. Oh, right. So I think I'd like to be a psychologist. And I also had a sort of um, interesting family background. I lost my father at a very young age and then had a stepfather. So I think family was very much a, a passion of mine from, from a young age, yeah. Uh, so you were, um, I understand, a child clinical psychologist by profession. Right, yeah. that's, that's how you ended up. Um, at what point did the idea of Kids Matter come to be birthed? Well, there's a couple of false starts because when I was pregnant with my second child, so I have three children who are now um, 22, 20 and 14. But when I was pregnant with my second child, I felt God give me, I mean, this doesn't happen to me very often, but I felt he gave me a very clear word, which was parenting in the community. So by then I had qualified, I was specialized in children and I was particularly interested in parenting, but I knew that parenting in the community meant take it, take it out to where uh, parenting matters most, sort of in more deprived communities. But when I had my second child, I really lost confidence as a parent and, and just thought, oh, no, I, I didn't hear that right. That was, you know, bad pizza the night before or whatever, because I am no good at this parenting stuff myself. And I thought you really have to be very good at this and then you can go out and tell other people all about it. But um, clearly, if I'm going to be rubbish at it myself, I can't go and, and tell others about it. So I really buried it. And then fast forward six or seven years, we went to live abroad and, and I had another child and sort of regained a bit of confidence and tiptoed back into, okay, Lord, what does this word mean? And I volunteered with uh, my church, HTB in London, with, a, with Marika Brennan, who is now the co-founder of Kids Matter. And she was a family worker. She was working on the estate and she wanted to bring the HTB Parenting Children course to the estate. And I thought, okay, well, that sounds similar to the sort of thing I know God wants me to do. So let me go along and have a look. And when I saw what she was doing, which was she was knocking on people's doors, she was holding the baby, she made a big pot of tea, she brought everybody in, we sat around um, in a circle, we didn't all, I thought, you know, obviously we would wear lanyards and, and we would be the presenters of the course and then they would be the people that we were helping. And she didn't run it anything like that. We all sat together, tea, coffee, big cake right in the middle, and everybody just shared of their own experiences, including her. And to begin with, as a psychologist, I was really uncomfortable. It looked like, you know, 
that's not what you do. You, where are the boundaries? You don't talk about your own vulnerabilities. But, of course, I was completely wrong. And just the whole way of connecting with people, drawing alongside them, sharing own experiences. And I thought, wow, imagine if we could have this happening in all the hard-to-reach corners of the country. What if in estates all across the country there were little groups meeting like this? And then all we needed to do was bring the actual, you know, rigor that I could bring, the psychological rigor of the material to the program so that what we would be doing would be going through, you know, um, psychologically well-evidenced parenting tips, but in this very informal way. So I started to do a piece of research evaluating the effectiveness of that program in the context of the rest of the Parenting Children course because it was delivered in all kinds of other churches all across the country. So I did that part-time for four years. And before I knew it, I was starting Kids Matter and beginning to train other people and the rest is history. And just for the information of those listening, HGB stands for Holy Trinity Brompton, which is uh, obviously a large large Anglican church uh, West London, um, the home of Alpha and and other things, but including some increasingly other, other... other courses like the one that you uh, so wonderfully described so fabulous so um i need to ask you early because as a as a child psychologist you'll be very aware of the great levels of mental health challenge that uh, children and young people face um, and i'm just interested you chose you know to to go to uh, something I, i'm not saying it's not psychologically grounded i'm just saying you're facilitating uh, lay people doing this kind of work rather mm-hmm. than engaging in in that kind of area yourself has that been a dilemma for you or something that you feel comfortable with yeah i i think when when i did the the research when i did the doctorate what that really opened my eyes to was we've got a massive issue in the uk which is we've got as you said a huge increase in mental health problems and with increasingly younger children which is really alarming and yet we've got an almost equivalent drop in funding so in the last 10 years in the uk we've seen an almost complete eradication of early intervention programs and yet all the research shows that if you intervene early then you can really prevent many of the problems that young people go on to experience and when i was training we did tons of you know just working in the community in a gp surgery or in a community clinic alongside health visitors doing two to five sessions with families just sort of getting them back on track All of that is gone. Health visitors are not able to do that kind of work anymore. There are no social workers of the old kind that would sit and have a cup of tea with a young mum. There are no clinical psychologists wandering around GP services. They're buried deep, deep into the NHS. So, okay, so the need is going up, I thought, and the funding is going down. You can't see people like me easily anymore. So we have to we have to uh, get help from the voluntary sector. And the church is the largest voluntary body in the country. So even if you're not a Christian, it makes sense to put it in the hands of the church. So with supervision, so I'm very, very clear that we have to supervise lay people. They're not clinicians. We can't expect them to take on board, you know, extremely troubled families in the sort of red zone, if you like, of of families that are on the edge of care or, or who are really struggling. But what the church can do and does do is meet the needs of those who are at risk and who may may end up in the red zone if we don't get to them early enough. So they can provide an early intervention with the right supervision and support. And that's exactly what we do. So just just putting it into their hands. I mean, to begin with, obviously, we had to see if it worked. So we're very careful to do evaluation to make sure 
that we get the results that we would expect. And actually the results are brilliant, which is really a kudos to the church because these are all lay facilitators and yet with the right supervision and support, they're delivering the program and continuing it on afterwards. But for me as a clinician, the other thing that is amazing about putting it in the hands of a church is that when the program's over, so a Kids Matter Parenting program is six weeks, so you meet weekly for six weeks, and when it's over, when I see parents in, in the clinic, I had no idea what happened to them afterwards. You know, we did a good piece of work and then sort of goodbye and good luck. But with the church, that relationship continues. Now that they know you, now that they know that, you know, you are somebody that is non-judgmental and, that, and wants to come alongside, you can then invite them to Alpha, to your toddler group, to your carol service, to your urban farm outing, whatever it is. And that continuity reduces social isolation and makes an enormous difference. So I'm a real fan now of, of putting something like this into the hands of the local church. I think it really works. Oh, it's fabulous. Uh, good to hear. And uh, you'll know strategically as a nation... Sadly, a lot of those, you know, who've, who who end up in trouble, in prison, etc. Apart from the pain it causes themselves and their families, but uh, but also the cost to society is enormous. If only we yeah. would invest in the earlier years, then uh, long term we would be we'd be doing a lot of good. That's absolutely right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I understand uh, you were talking about the old style kind of teaching training model with a lanyard and you know a flip chart and all the rest of it and and obviously that's that's not something you uh, adopted so um you obviously you were a little little shocked initially when you saw that kind of approach um but just just talk us through how perhaps if i can use the stereotype someone in a deprived area coming mm. into that group what their kind of feelings might be and why your approach to teaching is, is going to enable them to uh, uh, to engage much more easily yes yes so what the research shows is that there are huge problems in engaging the most needy families so exactly those families that we want to attract are actually the hardest to attract so then they, they are literally called the hard to reach in the literature because they are hard to reach and Therefore, research has really uh, focused on, okay, how, what are the barriers to entry into a, a useful parenting intervention and how can we overcome them? And several things are key. It needs to be local. Not, people won't get on two buses to go to some fabulous course that you're running somewhere. They just, they just won't. So it needs to be local within their immediate area. And it needs to, there need to be some recognition that this is a person like me in some way. So all our facilitators are parents, or if they're not parents, they're very experienced with children. Um, so they're, you know, very experienced youth workers, or they, they adopted, or they fostered, or have some experience to share, because it's that vulnerability that people connect with. So even if they don't look the same, culturally don't look the same, ethnically don't look the same, but the fact that they're parents and can say, oh my God, I had the worst day today, and this is what happened, that is one of the things the research shows people connect over. Having a, a space that feels warm and welcoming, and not like a classroom. A lot of parenting um, courses are called courses or classes and immediately that puts people uh, you know they, they don't feel at ease because often education has not been a positive experience for people that find themselves really struggling in poverty so to go to a class and be handed some enormous manual and sit facing somebody that they don't know talking at them is just is not appealing they either won't come at all or they won't come back so 
we try to make it as much like a somebody sitting in your kitchen as possible so that it's any of us actually frankly would prefer that to sitting in a class so it, it the research shows that it, our common sense is is right that these are barriers that can be overcome by being warm by being welcoming providing food is a really big positive thing for obvious reasons and making it local and small run by somebody who's also a parent so that the message is we are all in it together we are not teaching you we are not instructing you you are not a bad parent and that is what um, helps engage them to begin with and then retain them because that's the other problem is there's enormous dropout rates of of parents at these classes they might come for one or two and then they drop out Mm. so making it as welcoming as possible really helps well, you're listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined by the co-founder and director of Kids Matter, Dr. Ellie Gardner. We'll be back just after this. Well, welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by uh, Dr. Ellie Gardner. She's the co-founder and director of Kids Matter. We were talking before the break a little of her uh, journey from being a, a clinical child uh, psychologist uh, to, to founding Kids Matter, which uses, uh, well, seeks to facilitate local churches to run parenting courses, particularly in uh, some of the deprived communities uh, of, of, our, uh, of our nation. Um, Ellie, the, um, the kind of, uh, material that the course covers perhaps uh, without going into all the ins and outs just what are the kind of things that you might be looking at yeah so it's it covers what you would expect from uh, from any parenting program really it's quite practical quite skills based because it's only six sessions but it does allow for some um, emotional reflection for parents as well so we start with what is family who's in your family who's supportive who isn't trying to get people to map who might be a threat and, and who are their support? Because that's one thing the research shows is that support is really essential to keeping good parenting going. And we look at what hopes do you have for your family? And then we move into two or three sessions around, which is more sort of nitty gritty, starting with what do children need? We do the classic love languages, if anybody knows that, which is very effective. And how do we meet children's needs? And then moving into listening, play, encouragement. And we do all those things around children and connecting with children before we get into discipline. So just before discipline, we talk about routines and rewards. And then we finally move into consequences. Because many parents will arrive really wanting, desperately wanting help with one or two of their children. But if they don't have a good relationship with their child first, there's no point doing the discipline. So they don't get to the discipline until session five out of the six sessions. So the idea is build up. we build up their self-esteem as a parent first. We get to enjoy their children and then we get into how they can actually manage them better and then we end with session six with traditions values what now where next so the content is like a lot of parenting programs but what's different is that we've designed it really for use in a community setting run by lay people with more disadvantaged parents so that's why i felt the need to create a new program it's just there wasn't anything quite hitting all of those things out there at the time now you'll be aware ellie that sadly within our our culture or in our our land that there is a a big kind of class divide and and Mm -hmm. i know folk in deprived areas a little bit nervous of people in quotes from from middle class or richer areas patronizing them (laughs) by coming in and trying to 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 sort things out kind of thing and that i guess because the church of in the uk is largely middle quotes middle class and a bit richer and because the deprived areas tend to have fewer churches i guess 
that that's the danger is that the churches who are keen to help out of the very best of motives uh, may do may either do it in the wrong way or the the deprived communities refuse to receive that help because of the perceived gaps. I just wonder if you could talk to to how that's functioned in the the many churches that have taken up this kind of um, approach. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, I think we as churches, as you said, we are primarily white and middle class and we need to have a really genuine and authentic desire to come alongside those that are less well off, less of the sort of let's go help them, let's go do stuff to them and more we're all in it together. It's hard. Like parenting's hard. Let's let's uh, come alongside them. And people that are struggling with poverty and adversity are, are, as you said, just hugely suspicious of things they don't know, people they don't know, and then definitely not going to just walk into our churches, no matter how well intentioned we are. So that's why we never have the program running in the church. This is a lock the door behind you, go out into the community find those people and run it somewhere neutral. And that takes time. It takes time to build those relationships. And often because there's such an enormous gap between the people that are in the church and the people that we're trying to serve, we need intermediaries. We need community links, we call them. So really get to know your local school. Your local school will know exactly who would really benefit from this program. Your local children's center, if there is one, um, get to know the local council at the local authority. They'll be desperate for help. So there are all these people, you know, and, and dozens more other charities that are working. You really have to build a good network in your community, which does take time. But if we're serious about reaching our communities and being the hope for the world and transforming society then we have to make that effort and not just expect people to come wandering into the church so we need to be relevant and we need to be respected by these other community links so that they can recommend what we do as churches to people like this program and it with kids matter it's entirely relational they're either sent by social services which is of course not relational at all or they're personally invited we can't be putting up flyers and, and hoping people will come or putting a flyer in a kid's backpack. That doesn't work. Somebody has to know them personally and invite them by name and then they will come. So that's what the church needs to be doing. And if it doesn't have those direct links with the parents themselves, then they need to be um, working alongside the community links who, who can then bring them along to a taster, bring them along to the first session and make them feel at ease. And then the where we take over with that is the facilitator is then trained to be immediately vulnerable and immediately warm and empathic to say, look, I'm a parent just like you and I have terrible days as well. And then that that's how we engage them once once they walk through the door. The hardest part is to get them to walk through the door. The sure. rest is relatively easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed, sure. sure. So, um, Ellie, I, sadly, you know, times I, we could spend several shows looking at this, but uh, moving on to the leadership element of your work. Uh, so what is your role kind of... Uh, day day by day um well a bit of everything i guess i suppose i wear a few hats because we're still a really small charity so i'm the i am the executive director and so obviously i oversee a bit like an orchestra conductor having to make sure all the plates are spinning properly and then within the charity i guess i have a couple of specialist roles too I am at the moment primarily responsible for the fundraising, but also as a clinician, I oversee all the program development and all our research. And I guess I'm the I'm the one that gets out there networking and spreading the word and doing things like this sure. <laughs> to raise awareness of the need and inspire the church to step up. Yeah. So yeah, a bit of I love my week. It's got a bit of everything in it. You've seen a number of churches engage. What sort of numbers are we talking? 
So we are now, um, we are 49 churches currently around the south of England. So we've we've trained, there are 70 current active facilitators. We've trained more than that, but because of COVID and all sorts of other things, we've lost a fair number this year. But currently there are 70 facilitators um, between Norwich and Cornwall <laughs> running our programs. And we're hoping next to go to Birmingham. So we've had our first Birmingham church train with us online on Zoom this spring and then we will be um running two more online trainings this this year before the year is out probably online (laughs) that's fabulous to hear and have have there been churches who've not warmed to your approach for whatever reason um i I haven't had anyone not warm to the approach i think because they see it is actually a commitment it's an intervention it's not a plug and play it's not you know just set up a coffee morning it is an intervention it is four days of training and and um and we and then the, the support and supervision afterwards so it is a it is a commitment so i have had churches go gosh we'd love to do it but we don't have the you know time resources whatever to do it so it has made them think twice <laughs> i mean it's courage to you not to have just done a plug and, a plug and play course which mm-hmm. you know you put put in a dvd and do the course but actually you would know that that's that's frankly not going to work it's going to it's going to paper work. over a few cracks maybe and p- make people feel good about themselves but actually long term yeah. it's not not doing the job no that's right oh. that's exactly right so so ellie how could listeners learn more and how might a church leader listening kind of partner with you Oh, I love that question. So I think the easiest thing is, you know, reach out to us on our website at kidsmatter.org.uk or on email at info at kidsmatter.org.uk. And we'd love to tell you all about what partnering with us involves, because we really, I mean, we really do believe that local church is the hope for the world. So if we can help equip it to ensure that every child in need is raised in a strong family, which is our vision, then we would love to do that. So yeah, just do get in touch and then we'll get you started on the journey and you won't regret it fabulous okay so that's um so ellie gardner who's uh the um co-founder and director of uh, kids matter so that website again ellie is kidsmatter.org.uk okay and so just imagine uh you know what, what an impact that could make upon your own church upon the the maybe the neighborhoods that you've been desperate to uh to reach uh, but have never had uh, the keys to do so and um, maybe as you've been listening to Ellie you've been thinking crumbs yeah that's a there's an opportunity and uh, that would be um, something we could serve the community for uh, in, a non- in an unconditional fashion and um, you know and, and who knows how the Lord might use that so th- thanks Ellie so much for being my guest today Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us. Do uh, log on, of course, to Premier's own website and you can find archive recordings of uh, the leadership file. You can also um, write to me if you if you wish to do so. APEC at CWR.org.uk. Um, and uh, a number of the, the guests that I've had on the show have been uh, people suggested via listeners just like you. Or sometimes themes or topics have been suggested. So do uh, write in and be very happy to uh, see if we can accommodate your ideas to make the show um, the sort of thing that uh, you benefit from. So this is Andy Peck uh, thanking you for joining us, uh, whether you've been listening uh, on air on Sundays at four or via the podcast. Great that you've been able to to come along and look forward to your company again uh, next Sunday at four. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.